0: What's up everybody and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi and today is Sunday, August 11th, 2013. You guys listening to episode number 122 Um, and I'm happy to announce that I am doing this episode. uh, This is the first episode in my new home. I am down in the office, the workstation that we have um, here it's a beautiful setup that's built in our downstairs, and um, this is the first one that I'm actually sitting in my new house. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I, it, it's private. It's awesome, and um, so I'm happy to be doing the first one here. Uh, with you guys. Uh, 122, I got a lot of stuff to talk about. As always, the Effect podcast show is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Butterfly Radio, download the free app on your iPhone today. It allows you to send up to a five-minute audio message to your favorite podcasts and uh, the podcast will get back to you. Um, It's a a great way to interact with uh, your favorite podcasts and, and, you know, it also lets you listen to... Um, some of the best podcasts out there. He goes to the full episodes. Uh, Jim Florentine's is on there. Jay Moore's, uh, You know, Joe Mattarese. The, the Verzi Effect also. Mark Maron's um, What the Fuck podcast. All that stuff. It goes to the full episodes. And uh, it's just a really, really, um, f- you know, great tool for anybody that loves podcasts. You could also uh, register on ButterflyRadio.com to start your own podcast and multiple channels. Uh okay so here we are and uh it is fucking the middle of August already. Time is flying and uh a lot of things have changed for me in in a week. This is probably one of the biggest changes in my life this past week from the last podcast till now only because um you know I owned a condo and I, I you know, it was great. It was great to to own a condo and just to, you know, you're still kind of a homeowner, but there's just something different about having your own shit, your own land. You know, it just feels like it just feels like whole like you're you're on your own. You know, when you're in a townhouse or a condo, they they, they just, I guess, just by the nature of that whole setup, you feel like you're attached to these fucking strangers that you never want to see, that you could give a shit about if they fell off a cliff. And I, I think that like now that I'm alone, I'm private, I'm in the woods and I'm, I'm in this beautiful place and, you know, it just makes me want to have guns everywhere. Like if you come near me or my family, it's over. Like it's just this crazy, I don't know. But anyway, um, I don't know why I just got violent for a second, but you know what I mean. It's just like the protective thing. But I'm up here and it is just um, incredible. The land, the, the, the home, you know, um, my mother-in-law took the kids for like four days. So it was just me and my wife unpacking boxes and getting the house all in order and being able to spend time, just me and her going out to dinner and just, you know, seeing the whole house and the amazing job that my wife did with like picking colors because the house was um, repainted and the floors and it's just amazing. And I got to tell you, man, everybody at one point in your life, you owe it to yourself to be a homeowner, have your own shit, not have to worry about anything or anybody. And it's, it's just awesome. It really is. So, um, you know, I don't know. I got deer in my backyard. There's this one deer every morning. She's in the backyard and she's eating apples that fall off our apple tree and I know what you sick ass hunters are thinking like, oh God, fucking kill her. No, it's so cool. And then I went out on the deck when she was out there and she just looked at me and, and like we had this stare off, like, you know, when they say deer in headlights, well, they, they actually fucking do that. They stop and they just stare and she was chewing as she was staring. And I was just laughing and I was like, this is so cool. And a lot of comedians are busting my balls. Oh, yeah, Verze, you got a house up in the country. How far are you? But you know something, fuck you, because I did spots at Stand Up New York this weekend. I've been going down to, to the stand. I've been going down to the city doing spots. Hour door to door. It's an hour, and sometimes with no traffic, even less. Fuck you. Don't hate, because you live in a fucking studio apartment or some one-bedroom apartment in shitty... Fucking Spanish, Harlem, or Brooklyn, okay? Brooklyn and Williamsburg could suck my dick. This is way better, okay? How about that, assholes? Yeah, you and your fucking frozen yogurt places on the corner. I got frozen yogurt places, too, up here. You judgmental fucking pricks wish you had what I had. Yeah, how far are you? Yeah, 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 you do. You do hop on a subway. You hop on a fucking shitty, disgusting subway that smells like... And has homeless people talking to themselves when you go home, and I drive up to the country in the woods and I see the sunset over mountains. Don't hate, bitches. You don't got it. Don't hate. You could talk about how far I live all you want. You're sitting on the fucking L train going to some shithole that you hope to God you're getting a spot to pay so you could get a loaf of bread. All right, anyway. No, I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bitter because I got this beautiful place and people are like, oh yeah, look who's back in town. How far are you? Fucking jealous cunts. That's what you are. You're jealous. You wish you had it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Pulling up to your own two-car garage. It's amazing. It really is. Now, the tricky thing is I have like over an acre of land, so we're debating on if we're going to have landscapers do it. So what I think we're going to do is I think we're going to have the guys that have been doing it for, you know, the previous owner and us one time, we're going to have them do it until, you know, like this season, this year. And then come next year, we're going to get one of those tractors and I'm going to do it. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen now. Had a couple of funny things happen, and I wanted to tell the stories on the show. <laughs> uh, a couple of funny ones. All right. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. And um and we'll get through it got a lot of stuff to talk about i want to talk football's coming man preseason nfl started i want to talk about that um unfortunately i know the last couple of weeks i did see a new movie and i was able to review a couple of movies i didn't get to see anything this week um but there are a couple things on my radar so hopefully i'll be able to do that and review a movie but i do not have a new movie to review this week but, you know, I talked about Pacific Rim recently. The Conjuring took my son to see um, that Turbo movie. I'm actually going to be taking him to see Planes soon. The new, uh, the new, you know, the people that did Cars. Uh, I'm going to take him to see Planes and check that out. I'm sure he's going to love it. And um, I would definitely review whatever uh, movie I see. There's a couple of movies that got released on DVD and that are on demand that I want to see, and I'll talk about those as well, but as far as a new movie review uh, this week, episode 122, I do not have it, but so we move into this neighborhood, right, and um, we go shopping, and we're we're not far from Connecticut. We, uh, we, We border Connecticut, so a couple miles each way, and and we're there, and we go we go to shops, and, and the supermarket we have um, is, we go to the supermarket, our supermarket now is in Connecticut, so I'm driving out there, and it was just me and my wife, like I said, kids were away in Pennsylvania with the mother-in-law, and my wife and I go to this, um, you know, this beautiful stop and shop or whatever in Connecticut, and we're, you know, we're, we're buying shit, and we're, you know, ready to stock up in the house and do all this, this and that, And, (laughs) we get online afterwards, I'm not making this up either, we get online afterwards, and, I start helping, you know, I start bagging the groceries, you know, I start, you know, I'm standing at the end, you know, the, the, the little, little treadmill that they got with the food goes down and the lady, you know, she asks for a stop and shop card. And then as it goes, she helps bag, but then there's stuff that you could do. So my wife and I are there and my wife is like, you know, standing with the lady, giving the, the, the stop and shop card and I'm bagging, you know, I start bagging the stuff and this woman comes up and like stands where like the baggers stand. And she literally puts her hand on my hip and shoves me aside and then goes to her station, and starts bagging my groceries, and I'm like, I look at my wife, it was so like abrupt and rude, and I'm like, what the fuck, how can you, like I could not believe, like the lady, she didn't just go, she walked up and basically put like the back of her hand and her knuckles or whatever on my hip, and just, you know, shoved me, and and I just I'm looking around and I'm like what the fuck I don't even know what to say and I was gonna about to be like excuse you like are you serious like what the fuck what don't touch me like are you kidding me you're gonna you're gonna shove me aside and you see me doing it and I didn't see her face and I look over at my wife and my wife is smiling and laughing so I'm just like what well, am I missing something and yes I was missing something the lady was fucking you know I mean I know you got to be politically. Rec- correct, but she was mentally, she was fucking, I guess, retarded. I don't know. She was fucked up. And she just starts, and it was just like, but like, where does the line? It's like, here's what I think, okay? You mentally retarded or mentally challenged. I don't know what the right word is, and I don't want to disrespect anybody because I know that that, uh, people have family members like that. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, okay? But when does and, and this is one thing I want to talk about, and, and it's gonna sound like I'm trying to be funny and I'm really being serious about this. Um people who know me if they're listening to this, they're gonna be laughing because I am like this and I and I, I don't mean it to be disrespectful. But first of all, two things. Number one, if she is able to get the job and they're gonna, you know, give her work, okay? If this chick is sound enough, if she's able, I should say, to bag gifts, which let's be honest, you could you could train a fucking chimpanzee to bag gifts. I mean, to to bag uh, to to bag groceries. You know, they're just putting the groceries in the bag and and then they put it in a they put it in the cart. It's not hard to do, but she is in public. She is around people. She's around people that you know. Uh, you know, time is sensitive, people have jobs, people have families, people need to get their shit in and out, and, like, if she's able to sit there and get the job and get paid and get a check and do that stuff, she shouldn't be shoving people, you know, and then, like, if I say something, you're gonna fucking, like, slur your words and, 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 and be all fucked up, and then I look like the asshole, and it's like, well, wait a minute, no, you're the one with an apron on that says stop and shop, okay, so I understand you're mentally challenged, but don't fucking shove me. You know, that that's one thing. Now, here's another thing. As far as like people like that getting jobs, I'm all for it. I'm all for giving people a chance, giving them an opportunity and making them feel like they're contributing and doing something. But just make sure, and this lady, I didn't even see her face fully, so I, I'm not talking about her, but just make sure they're presentable. And for the most part, I have seen that, but I'm not good with like, I'm not good with like seeing shit that's really fucking uh, like, you know, you ever see something, you're just like, fuck man, I can't eat now. Like even when you go into a restaurant or a diner, and I know this is really probably upsetting some people, whatever, I'm just being fucking honest with you, you know, I really am, I'm being honest, because it's how I feel, like, you ever go in some place and you eat, and some dude clearly had, like, a head injury, or some dude's fucked up and he's eating, and he's just got, like, a clump of pancake on his fucking cheek, and he's, like, drooling, I don't want to see that shit when I eat, you know, I mean, I know you don't have a fucking head injury room for people to eat in, but, like, can you, it's just tough, it's just tough, I'm not good with it, I'm, I'm really not, you know, and, 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 look, I feel for those people, I really, really do, I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but I don't want to see it all the time, or it's hard to see, it's, it's like, and I feel like if, if people see you get uncomfortable, they're fucking mad at you, and it's like, no, that's really, that's what real, that's what real feelings are, you know, I'll give you another example, remember that guy, that soldier, and again, my heart goes out to any soldier, and I've said this many, many times, I truly believe that the real heroes in this world, I truly believe this, the real superheroes and heroes in, in, in our world, on this planet, are, are parents who raise good kids and, and, and raise kids a lot and, and do the right thing and, you know, they they... They they do the right thing. When I say like raise a lot of kids or just have multiple children that they really have to watch and take care of and that's a fucking that's a hero. That really is. If I'm talking about good ones. I'm not talking about the shitty ones that just you know, anybody could have a kid. Them and soldiers. Those are the real those are the real heroes. If you're a soldier of this country and you fight for my freedom and you're over there and you're fighting and you're the reason I can do my podcast and get on stage and make people laugh, man, all the that is that is commendable, awesome shit. It really is anybody who does that, you know, as much as I fucking goof and don't like police officers, man, those guys, the good ones are great Um, firemen, somebody willing to run up into a fucking building that's on fire. Like it takes a certain person to do that. So my heart goes out to all of them. But back in the day when they did that dancing with the stars with that soldier who was burned, you know, and it was just tough. It was tough to look at. The guy was burned and it was like, and I'm sure he knows it's tough to look at you know, and, you know, you get past it and stuff, but the problem is, like, people try to lie and say that, like, you can't have a feeling about it, like, like, People Magazine said, like, that guy who was burned or whatever was, like, top 50 sexiest men in the world, it's, like, top, top, top 50 sexiest men, most attractive men, no, he's, that guy looks like fucking lasagna, don't, don't tell me that shit, it's not, listen, I feel bad, it's horrible, but don't fucking lie to me, most attractive, maybe his personality and shit like that, say that, say top 50 most attractive personalities, but don't say physically, I don't like seeing that shit, I don't like seeing somebody with a fucking head injury drooling when I'm trying to eat, and I don't like fucking seeing somebody, you know, that, that is, is not, and I know, I, I know, guys, I know, I probably lost some listeners by saying this shit, I'm just being honest, I'm being honest, I have family members that, and I know, I know many of you people do. But I don't want to see, I don't want to fucking, you know, I don't want to see, like, I'm just really bad with, like, listen, some people are bad with blood, and some people are bad with this, I'm just really not good with, like, and I, I will, and I'll be the first to not show it you know, I'll be the first to, to tell my kids, you never stare or you never laugh, I'm, I mean, I'll always do that, and I will be the first to not do it myself, it just fucks with me, you know, it's just something that's just, it's it's kind of tough, and the only reason why I'm talking about this is because this lady at the supermarket who I didn't see but my wife saw pushed me and started begging the gifts, because like, she pushed me, excuse me, I'm sipping my, um, disgusting, 100% natural seltzer, calorie-free, cranberry, lime, and it's, I'm not going to lie, it's not that good. But, I don't know. Like, kids with cleft lips and shit, I can't see that shit. There's just something, I can't. I can't. It's just really tough. You know, so... But I'll say this, if you're the establishment or if you have an establishment like that and you do hire people like that, just fucking make sure they're presentable. Make sure they're not pushing fucking patrons. You know? It's like, hey, listen, I know you're a little fucked up, but we're going to give you a job. Just don't put your hands on anybody, ever. I don't know if I ever told a story on the podcast before, but one time I took my little brother to McDonald's. And I went in the bathroom and somebody mentally handicapped or challenged or, you know, I don't know what you call it, mental retardation whatever, he walked in there. Because it was like him and a group, you know, and they put him on the bus and they take him to the movies or some fucking shit they do. And they, uh, he walked up to me and I was sitting at the urinal and he just walks up to me and my little brother kind of got nervous and I'm just taking a piss. And he goes like, I'm going to kick your ass in here. <laughs> And I was like, what? He's like, I'm going to kick your ass in here. And, like, the dude was getting aggressive in my face. And I freaked out because they have, like, gorilla strength. (laughs) Well, they (laughs) – they have some fucking, like, if they fucking grab you by the throat, they won't let go, so I, I did fucking panic for a second, and the only thing I said, I just, like, I was like, oh, I think, I think the people you're with are calling you right now, dude, I think you need to go, and then he's like, and he just was like, in my face, and it just fucked me up, and like, I don't know, it's just like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna take people out in public, and, and you think it's okay, you gotta really be careful, it's like if you have a dog, and I'm not trying to compare people to dogs, but I'm just saying, I'm using an example. If you have a dog that people are saying are vicious and you shouldn't really take them out, but then you finally are like, okay, no, but on a leash and stuff, then you really need to watch. Like, And even if the dog gets good, you can't let it go. So I just feel like these people wanted these um the people that take these people out, it's great, and it's a commendable job, I mean, to be able, I had a friend who actually did that, I had a friend who actually would get, you know, would help, um, people like that get jobs, or, or, you know, take people like that out, and help them, and, um, it's a really commendable thing, but it's also, like, if you do do that, like, you gotta make sure shit's right, because what happens if I'm pissing, and this fucking dude, you know, this, fucking dude who's got who's all screwed up or whatever is like starts fucking grabbing my fucking neck and the thing and my brother's there and then what happens if me and my brother end up kicking the shit out of a guy how fucked up is that on your resume you beat some retarded guy down in a fucking mcdonald's bathroom you look like the fucking worst person ever you know their whole bus trip is fucking ruined (laughs) Oh my god! How did I get here? I don't even know how I got here. All I know is this lady pushed me, and I don't like seeing people fucking drooling when I'm eating. That—that's all basically I wanted to say, and I—I I ended up going into that. So I'm sorry. I'm just being honest, everybody. This is the Versi Effect Podcast, Episode 122, and I'm not gonna lie to you. This—I might have laughed more, and just because of the absurdity of it. But I'm laughing a lot during this episode, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying myself, I still have not drank, I'm sorry, I did, I had wine tonight, okay, but I only had like a glass and a half of wine in the past two weeks, and I'm trying to go like two months with only drinking like three or four times, and I'm, I'm on schedule to do it, and I feel good, and I'm losing weight. Probably have friends hate on that, too. It's just like comedian friends, too. You get a house, they got a shit on it. You get, you know, you do Go, oh, what are you not drinking? You fucking... Oh, by the way, speaking of that, I went down to the stand for the roast of Joe DeRosa. I got to talk about this. I went to the roast of Joe DeRosa down at the stand, and um, it was... The roast master was... Um, Rich Voss, who else was on it, Louis Katz was on it, Dan St. Germain, Kurt Metzger, Bonnie McFarlane, and I'm trying to think if I forgot anybody, Um, I think that's it, and then Joe got up there, so yeah, and it was was really funny, Uh, St. Germain fucked with me because he thought I was on the dais. So I was just in the crowd listening, and he thought that I was going to perform, and he said a couple of funny things. He said, um, "What did he say about me?" That was funny. Oh, he said, he said the only, he was talking about the owners of the stand, Chris and Dave, and he said the only thing sadder than watching them like eat or order food was me grabbing the 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 <laughs> grabbing the ground beef and taking it home so I could feed my family. He said something funny. And then the other thing he said was to DeRosa. He goes, "Yeah, DeRosa finally got sick of carrying Bill Burr's bags through the airport, but Verza you'll still put up with." There's something like that, but really funny. And and Dan killed it. There was a there was a couple of people that um, there was a couple of people that really did. Did well and it it was fun to watch, but typical, I just came down there. I had a set at Stand Up New York and I wasn't gonna go to the DeRosa Roast, but I'm like, you know what, man, Joe invited me, it's his birthday. I went down, I said what's up to him. He's like, Oh, thanks so much for coming, Paul, And, and you know, and then I watched it and I was like, Fuck it, I'm here. Let me just watch the rest of this thing. So I watched the whole roast and I'm not drinking and I gotta drive home, you know, close to an hour to get up here. So it's like 12.30 at night, everything's done, people are hanging out partying, and I was just like, hey man, Joe, I just want to say happy birthday, and it was just comedians drunk on. what are you leaving? Alright, fine, you got kids, you pussy, you get a drink, get a drink, and there's nothing funnier than being sober and just watching drunk idiots. It's, it's sad, funny, and you just think about their morning, and you're just so happy that it's not going to be you. But I had a great time. Saw a bunch of people that I love down here. You know, I, you know, it, You know, it was, it was awesome. Awesome time. So, you know, so fun to watch people, you know, shit on themselves. You know, shit on each other and shit on themselves. And it was a great, it was a great time. But it was just funny to like, only like comedians especially are the people that will shit on anything positive. It's just so funny to me. You could have a family, you could have a house, you could be, do, you know, you could be doing well, and they just love to just hone in on it because they're miserable cunts. That's what that's what they are. Now I have another story and another thing to talk about today because my wife and I have got gifts, massage gifts. We got massage, um we got massage, (laughs) like you got to do these massages. We got like a year of them. You got like 12 of them. But like once you start, like once you start, like if you do one in August, then you have to do one every month. Like that's when it starts. So if I got one today by September, I have to get one October. Like you got to do like, you know, so you get the whole year, year in and, but you can't just wait for four months and then get it. They want you to go continuously from when you start. So my wife, we, un, we un, you know, packed all of the boxes and the house was really shaping up. We got, you know, my son and daughter's room and everything was just looking really good, ready to do it. And, um, you know, you just, the only thing that needs to be done, we got to get rid of, got to go to the dump and get rid of some garbage and stuff, but we're ready to just, just get going. And it's awesome. And it helped that the kids, you know, were away. So we weren't really distracted. We didn't have to worry about that. We were able to focus. So we're like, hey, Sunday the kids are coming back in the middle of the afternoon. Why don't we go get massages? So I'm like, yeah. My wife calls up and says, yeah, I want to do my second massage. My husband wants to activate his certificate for the year or whatever. And we like to schedule, you know, dual times. And they were like, yeah. So she's like 1130. So yeah, so 1130. So we'll sleep in, enjoy it. And then we will go over to the massage place, get our massages, maybe go a little shopping, and come back. Perfect, right? So we get in the, I'm in the shower. We're getting ready, and I yell from the shower to my wife. I said, "Hey, like, what's um, who's doing the massages? You know, because usually you get names." So she's like, "I don't know," and I was like, "Well, you better find out." And then I said, I don't get massages from dudes. Every time I've gotten a massage, it's been from a woman. Not a homophobic thing. I'm gonna tell you what it was. What it was was when we were, um, when I was, when we were members at Equinox, the gym. I got one from this woman, and it was just so, it was great. So that put in my mind, I was like, man, I like the way she did that. Then I got another one, and it was a woman, and I liked that. So then when I went to this place one time, like, do you have a preference, man or woman? And I was like, well, all I really know is women, and so women. So my wife calls up, and sure enough, I'm scheduled with a dude. And I'm like, nah. I'm not doing it. My wife said, like, well, that's all I got. So do you want me to cancel yours? And if I cancel yours, I'm still going. And I go, yeah, cancel mine. I'm not doing that. So I get on the phone with my manager. And my manager, Chris Italia, was crying of laughter, howling, to the point where I couldn't understand. He was like, oh, my God. And he was just laughing. And I didn't understand why. And all I simply said was this. I go, look. It's not a homophobic thing, but I like the fucking, I like the lights a little dim, I like some oils and shit, you know, a little sensual music, not sensual music like sexual, but just that fucking relaxing, nice music with the lights dim, you know, they even have like at this place like a little fucking candle and shit, I don't want some fucking dude rubbing oil on my back, I don't want some guy named Tim rubbing my shoulders down, I just fucking don't, it's not It's it's not something that I wanted to do. You know, and it has, like I said, it has nothing, and I was telling my wife this, and my wife wasn't like, oh, what does that mean? Like, she gets it. Like, I wasn't, it's not a sexual thing. It's just, if I'm laying face down in that vulnerable position, and the lights are dim, and I'm getting oils and fucking lotions rubbed on me, I just don't want it to be some fucking, you know, some dude. And it has nothing to do And so, oh, that's homophobic, what are you afraid of? No, it's not that. It has nothing to do with that. I had a friend actually when I worked in a pizzeria years ago, he would like joke around and like give massages and it was epic. I was like, oh my God, you're fucking great at that. You know, it's, it's not about that. It was just like the type of shit that I like when I lay down and get relaxed. Well, I just think it's a little weird with lights dim and fucking, you know, some like soft music on you know, with some fucking dude named Clark rubbing my feet, I don't want that shit to happen, I just, it's not, so I, I said no, and I was telling my manager this, and he was crying of laughter, I was like, I don't get it, I don't understand what's so funny, like, it's it just, it's just not anything that, it, it's it's not appealing to me, because the whole time, I'm gonna be like, man, this feels good and shit, but like, you know, I don't know what the dude did, dudes are nasty, you know, dude scratched their balls and shit. Dude, dude just jerked off. Then I got like dick skin hands on me. I don't want that. I don't. And I know you could say the same thing. What if some girl just jerked off? I I don't know. It's, it's a really fucking weird thing. But that that's anyway. So I didn't get it. So I ran some errands while my wife did it. And I'm just going to wait. I'm going to go next week or something. And I'm going to get, you know, a woman to do it. Let me know. Am I crazy, guys? Am I wrong for thinking that? I don't think I am. I don't. I really don't. I, th- I think that that's a normal thing to think about or a normal thing to because this is the thing. They ask you what type of massage you want. They ask you, hey, do you want to you know, do you want like a deep tissue? Do you want a light? Do you just want a certain rub? Do you like certain, do you want an oil? Do you want lotions? Do you want, you know what I mean? You want, you know, so they put the music on and they do all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, get like, you know, I want a deep tissue, all that stuff. The last woman I had, she was great, but she was no prize to look at either. I mean, she was fucking losing her hair. That's got to be the ultimate worst thing ever. A woman losing her hair. Like, I've always shaved. The thing is, whether I would have hair or not, I shaved my head short from 18 years old from when I was in high school. I've always had short hair. And luckily, I don't have a bad shaped head. Sometimes I like it to grow in just a little just because I get sick of the whole, you know, bicked shit. You know, clean shave. So I'll, I'll let it grow in a little bit or whatever. And and that's fine. But you know what? You get older. If you lose a little bit of hair, that's something natural on a man. How bad is it for a woman? To, you know, to a woman to just have the hairline go back and have it be thin on top. She's got some chick looking like fucking George Costanza. It's awful. That's got to be, that's a, that's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. She was good though. Both women that I had who gave me massages were like a little on the heavy side and they did this thing with their elbow in my back and I swear to god I I had such a good massage from the chick that did it at Equinox that when she did it I I was like almost I felt drugged I'm not even kidding. I felt like I was on sleeping pills. I laid in bed afterwards and it was such a deep tissue, like intense, like it was trauma to my fucking muscles and my body that I just laid in bed and I was just in this Zen type sleep. I felt like I took sleeping pills and it was amazing. The knot in my back that was there for years, like she got rid of it. It was incredible. It was incredible. So that's why. So we'll see what happens. Uh I have some news. I got some comedy news everybody. Uh all my listeners, I and again I do thank you and by the way, thank you for the comments on iTunes. I really appreciate it as always. The very effect my number. I looked at the numbers and uh, just so you guys know, it's over 20,000. I have over 20,000 um listeners, I believe right now. I don't know how much like on every week, but I know that I know that the numbers are are really good and um it's so cool to be touching people, not just in the states, all over the place, you know. So thank you. Uh, I know, I know, I got people in Scotland, and I know I got people in London. I know I got people, Croatia and New Zealand and Canada and all these different countries listening to the Versey effect. Man, I, I thank you guys so much. And uh, you know, please, when I'm out in your area, please do come to a show. I'm working on getting there. Uh, I think I will be doing Scotland next year. Uh, for, you know, during the time of the British Open in golf, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get that done, and um, I'm going to be doing a bunch of traveling, and um, for the first time ever, because I've really only country I've performed in other than the, the States has been Canada, but I, I think that um, I'm going to be going overseas uh, soon, and I'm really looking forward to that, so thank all you guys for all the support, man, and uh, the fact that you guys have been listening as long as you have, and the show is growing, uh, I, 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 can't tell you enough, but uh, one thing that I wanted to announce was I know that I had made, and I'm going to change this on my um, on my website. I'm going to do that uh, within a day. A lot of things have changed actually, but um, as you guys know, I'm shooting this documentary. The documentary is based on um, you know me balancing the life I have, you know, with my family and 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 you know being a, a stand-up comedian who um, you know is, is is trying to do something, you know just special in the business and and just become great at this and everything that I've been doing, um, if I could be 100% honest, and that's what this documentary is about, and I have about, I would say, maybe like four to five more months to shoot this, and what I wanted to do was I was going to shoot my hour, I was going to shoot my first hour special, Um, I was going to shoot it uh, by the, you know, two weeks from now or the end of this month, and after thinking about it and talking with people, I decided to postpone it and hold off on that probably until the holidays or right after the holidays, which would be, you know, I am I'm, I'm, i don't know. I'm, I still haven't decided if I'm going to do something, you know, maybe end of November, December, or just wait till the new year comes and do it, you know, end of January or February, right at the beginning of uh, 2014. But I just feel right now what I want to do is I want to get this movie right. I want to get this movie put together. I want people to see it. I, I I want I want the I just want to get this project done first, and then when that's done, all in the meantime, while I'm getting on stage and and getting better, then put my hour. You know, I'm gonna be very picky about the hour that I put out there. I want to make sure that people really, you know, it really hits and and does it the right way. So that that's something that I wanted to announce on the show. I think it's the best move. And a lot of people, no, you gotta get it. You gotta get that CD to sell on the road to make money. You know, I would rather wait and just have it be so fucking hard hitting and awesome that people are like, "Man, that album is great." And I, I'll be honest, I, I could put together something really good right now, but I think if I just wait and get this one project done while I'm working on new material, it's gonna be better. So I will keep you guys informed and updated on that. But that's one thing that I am going to do. Because, um, let's be honest, it's my life, not yours. So, fucking back off if you don't like it. How about that? Alright, sports. Let's get into some sports. 37 minutes in. And uh, it's been fun. I've talked, uh, I mean, I've made myself laugh. I've, I've talked about um, getting pushed and threatened by the mentally handicapped. I've talked about not wanting a massage from a dude with the lights dim and a candle on, maybe a little incense, give you a little drink, put some ocean uh, lotions and oil on you. I just, that's, that's the way I look at it. Um, sports, the NFL starts in three weeks. The first, I mean, it's just so much better to see the NFL, right? When, as soon as you see the NFL, even if it's preseason And let's be honest, preseason sucks, I know. But when you see that highlight of the receiver catching the ball or the running back breaking a tackle and going for, you know, 30, 40 yards or taking it to the house, you're just like, holy shit, football is coming, man. I can't wait. I love it. I, you know, now every year right before week one, And I want to make this very clear to you people because I'm not bullshitting and I have the documents. I have the, I have the audio documented so you can go back two years ago on this podcast. This will be the third time on the podcast. That's how long I've been doing the Verzi effect. And that's why the numbers are increasing everybody. Okay. Because you guys are spreading the word about the show. And when I talk about sports, um, I I always kind of give my my real prediction, and you guys know Burrow is Bill Burrow is busting my balls with the dude. I called it because I love predictions. Now, two years ago, I said that I thought the Green Bay Packers were going to repeat as Super Bowl champions and beat the Patriots. That did not happen. The Giants happened to go into Green Bay, beat the Packers, and ultimately beat the Patriots for a second time in four years or whatever it was, and win the Super Bowl. So I got the Patriots going right, but I had the team that beat them wrong. And fortunately, it was my Giants. Last year, I predicted on the podcast, I said that the 49ers would beat the Baltimore Ravens. And I just had the team wrong. I had both teams right, but I had the team wrong. This year, I will not make an official pick. I will not, I, I cannot make the official pick of my Super Bowl uh, teams until right before week one. But I will say that I'm leaning. I'm going to give a little, I'm leaning toward I don't know. I have a little more homework to do so I can completely change it. It's not going to be official until I say a week before week one who's going to the Super Bowl. But as you guys know, I'm close. I'm going to be, I've been close the past couple of years, I'm leaning towards the Atlanta Falcons and the Denver Broncos, I am, I think that as far as, as far as Denver goes, that safety getting beat last year is something that couldn't happen, I can't believe that happened. They would have hosted the Patriots and probably beat them and go last year. I just think that the addition of Wes Welker is big. I think the chemistry between him and Peyton is going to be great. The defense is awesome. I know that they're going to lose Von Miller for like four games. But I just feel that Denver is going to make some serious noise in the AFC. And I I think Wes Welker is going to be a huge difference. And I think the Atlanta Falcons the way that they played, the additions, Stephen Jackson, Tony Gonzalez coming back, Matty Ice getting a playoff win under his belt last year. I think that um, Atlanta's going to go on a, on a big run. I know a lot of people are thinking, you know, they're thinking the 49ers again, and, and I hear you. And I'm, these aren't official. These aren't official. They might be official, but I'll let you guys know in a couple of weeks. But how exciting is it? Football's coming back three weeks away from the NFL which is one of the best run organizations it's great alright well that's going to do it for sports and I don't have I don't have a movie which sucks because I wanted to see I wanted to see a movie there's nothing better There's nothing better other than a sporting event or getting laid. Let's be honest. Other than like a great sporting event or getting laid, what's better than going to the movies? I just smoked a really good cigar before. I know I'm smoking too much cigars because my wife said something. My wife was just like, you got to watch. Fuck. Fuck. I just, I just, oh my God, you know that little flap thing on the, on the can? You know the thing that you got to crack open the can? It's got that, you know, the little fucking thing that you, I just flicked it forward and it fell in the can. Fuck. Well, I mean, I'll feel it if I swallowed it, so I guess I got to sip, you know, more lightly or whatever. Sip more gently. Anyway. 42 minutes in, Effect podcast, this is episode 22. Oh, we got the unacceptable contest, the unacceptable contest, but I don't know if I, I didn't, there's rules that I need to iron out, this is my bad, this is my bad, and I actually put something on Butterfly that I was about to do the contest, and it's my fault, here's the deal. I have some entries, and I wanted to talk about them, and I have some funny ones, but here's the problem. We were going to set up rules on how this was going to work and how people could go to Butterfly and subscribe and be like, just basically on my end, I needed to do more stuff. I needed to talk to the Butterfly people, I needed to do that, and I didn't, and I wanted to do it this week. So I apologize, so this is what we're going to, and I even put a posting on Butterfly that I was going to do it this week. So I'm going to put another another uh, posting on Butterfly about how I couldn't do it this week. But I'm going to figure it out. It's going to – all right, here's the deal. If I don't do it next week, I'm not doing it, all right? So I'm going to figure it all out, iron it out, give the rules or whatever, and then and then we're going to do it that way. If it doesn't work out, if I don't figure it out, we're not going to do it. So I apologize, and I did get some really funny ones. I really did get some funny ones. Uh, people giving on acceptables, which were just, and the funny thing is they didn't leave it alone and just say, yeah, this is unacceptable. Like, they went on with why, and I agreed, and they were really funny, but I didn't even like iron out the proper rules. That's how much of a dick I am, and that's how busy I am. That I was just going to announce a winner and send them something, and like I need to, I need to figure out how this shit works. So my bad. I'll get that going though for sure. So I guess let me try to come up with an unacceptable for the week. I guess an unacceptable for the week would be don't have your employees handicapped or not touch touch you. And I, I'm, what am I going to do? I'm not going to call the lady over and go, yeah, I just want to let you know. She like, what am I going to watch? Somebody mentally handicapped get fired? Because one of two things are going to happen if that happened. One, they'd probably break down and cry, be so distraught and just leave and their life would be ruined. Or they're going to turn into the fucking Hulk and just start picking up fucking complete like aisles and just throw them down the <laughs> They're going to just turn into the Hulk and just start throwing two liters of Pepsi into walls and start screaming. Either way, it wouldn't have been pretty. And I wouldn't have done that. I really wouldn't have done it unacceptable for the week is having anybody touch you. Like, What would have happened if I said, like, don't fucking touch me. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, she's mentally handicapped. I'm going to look like the biggest asshole. But don't put your hands on me because, you know, I don't know who you are. You don't know me can't touch anybody. Somebody could snap when you touch them. You can't do that. Unacceptable for the week. Touching anybody at the workplace while you're working. So what else? What else do we have here? What else do we got? We're in the new house. We talked about the massage. We talked about the lady, the retarded lady who pushed me we talked about postponing the uh, album to get the documentary done man i think this documentary I, I i i hope that you know if i get the right people on this thing man this documentary i'm looking forward to it i hope i hope hope people get to see get to see the way i want this thing put together it's it's, it's going to be cool uh the yankees suck So we just talked about football and we don't know what's going on with movies because I didn't see anything recently. Wow, I just yawned, but it's not your fault, it's my fault because I had a whine. Oh my God, speaking of yawning, and I swear to God I didn't just do that to make this transition, I really just thought of this. I was talking to a comedian, Lance Weiss, funny guy, Um, he's from Georgia, he's a comic in New York right now, and I was talking about how how I have OCD and he has OCD, and we were talking about doctors and books and medicines, and he told me one of the most hilarious yet scary, and in his words, terrifying side effect of one of the medicines, so I'm sitting there talking to him and I'm like, hey dude, what's a really bad side effect, oh no, no, I said, this is what I said. We were talking about O C D and how like I really touched an audience member by talking about it because they have never heard a comedian really talk about it or touch it, touch on it and like it really, really touched them to the point where they wrote me a letter and it was amazing. It was one of the most gratifying things that I've ever had, you know, happen to me as a comic where somebody was like, Man, I've never I've never ever heard a comedian talk about that it's been slowly torturing me and thank you so much for making light of it and it was awesome so i'm telling lance this and lance is like oh wow man like you know have you ever heard me talk about ocd i have ocd too and i'm like no and we started talking about like similar symptoms and and you know what he goes through and what i go through and and doctors and books that he's talked about and we just start talking about medicines and i was like you know what's what have you taken this medicine what medicine have you taken and he was like no um he was like the best one is so-and-so, and I forgot the name, and I really did forget the name, he's like, it's the best one, it attacks the OCD right away, he's like, but I don't take it, because there's a couple of horrifying side effects, and I was like, well, what, and he was like, well, one, you could, like, you retain water, like, you could gain, like, 50 pounds, and he's like, and that's not even a bad one, I don't even care about that one, and I was like, what's the other one, and he was like, I'm not making this up, like, 5% of people, every time they sneeze, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 5% of people, every time they sneeze, they have an orgasm. <laughs> they have an orgasm. So I'm like, I'm like, what? And I'm crying of laughter. Every time they sneeze, this has happened to people. Every time they sneeze, they have an orgasm. That sounds like a fucking Saturday Night Live sketch. So I'm laughing about this. And I'm telling Stacy, I'm like, I gotta tell you, you know, this guy, Lance. He do, and I said to the dude, I go, please tell me you do that on stage. And he said, like, he's touched it. Or he's talked about it a little bit on stage. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. There are people in this country that are taking OCD medicine. And there is a percentage of these people that every time they sneeze, they fucking have an orgasm. Dudes just sneeze and come in their pants. And women do whatever the fuck. Like, that is the funniest thing thing and he's like yeah it's horrifying so then we we were going back and forth on i am and i'm like man i can't I, I can't even think about sneezing without laughing i can't sneeze without laughing that's so funny and he actually like sent me a wikipedia link and he goes no dude i actually got it wrong i'm sorry it's yawning which is equal <laughs> which is equally terrifying but i actually think yawning is funnier and worse because you can yawn like three times <laughs> You can yawn. Oh, my God. This shit. You can't write this shit. You can yawn like three times within like four minutes. (laughs) So what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Are you just going to fucking have to wear a diaper because you just keep coming in your pants every time you get tired? Like, do you have to leave the party at like nine o'clock? Because it's just, you know? Oh my god, it would be fun, and, and like the jokes are endless, because then you think of like, what if everybody with that symptom just like went to a chat room and became friends and went to their own, <laughs> went to their own party, so like as soon as it was getting late, you just hear fucking moaning and shit, because <laughs> everybody's got, everybody's just busting nuts, just they gotta fucking go home, it's, it's endless, it's, it's just endless, how can that be a side effect you have an orgasm when you yawn (laughs) it's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life like I would I might rather just be fucked up with OCD the rest of my life like if that was my only option of a medicine how do you do that and I know some people are probably like no that would be awesome you know it would feel amazing no that would be that's a curse that would be horrible But that's really, really funny. Um, I talked to Lance about it, and he's got OCD, and I got OCD. So what we're going to do is we're going to do like an OCD podcast and just talk about some crazy stories, some crazy rituals that we've got into and all that. Um, And I I found the journal, everybody. You know what? I'm going to do more of it next week, but I'm going to give you guys some right now. How about that? Hold on a second. I got it right here. I think I got it right here. Let me make sure. Um uh oh, please tell me it's in here. Yes, it is. All right, for months now, for months and months, maybe a year, I've talked about how in 2003, I believe it started. Yes, 2003, um I had a journal and the journal was when I just it started comedy really seriously. Um, I mean, the first open mic I picked up was 99, but, like, I guess I really started, you know, to go hard at, like, 2003, and I started a journal, and the journal is, like, me, and I, I was coming up in urban and black rooms and just um, meeting people and just writing things down, and, and, um, and I said what I wanted to do was I would talk about it on the... Um, on the air and I could never find it but when we moved I looked in a box and all of a sudden there it was this you know hardcover red journal that I have and it's got so many cool stories in here I'm gonna do next week I'm gonna do a lot of them but I'll just give you guys a taste of it now and then next week it will continue so I'll do this for the next couple of minutes and then I'll get into some plugs and then I'll get you guys out of here all right so uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this And, um, you know, again, thanks for listening. But uh, here we go. And I'm going to write I wrote myself a note and I wrote some stuff in the middle of it. So uh, comedians, you'll get a kick out of this. But I'm sure everybody, you know, who's listening is going to think that this is pretty cool. So I have this this journal, this hardcover journal, and it started into this is this is what I wrote uh, at the, in the front page, I wrote this journal, and, and I, I don't even know some of the things I wrote, so I haven't rehearsed this, like, to, to talk about on the podcast, I'm just going to read you the shit that I wrote back then, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll go, I mean, I've read through some of them a while ago, and the other day, I just was going through it laughing, but I'm going to read you this shit, Ready? I wrote, this journal is being started in 2003. This is my fourth year in comedy because I started Open Mics in 99. I thought this was my fourth year in comedy, but I wasn't going the way that uh, comedy should, you know, I was doing open mics here and there and, um, you know, doing bringer shows and urban rooms and stuff. But, uh, okay, so I wrote, this is... um, This journal's being started in 2003. This is my fourth year in comedy. It's not every show I do. It is just events I want to look back on. And then I wrote, like, motivational shit on the top of the page where I wrote. Here's what I wrote. Ready? Leave it all on the stage. Leave no opportunity for questions or excuses. Be confident and focus. Confront your fears. Don't worry. Have fun. Okay? That's what I wrote. Um... All right, ready. So this is what I'll, this. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna. I'll read a couple, and then uh, I'll do more next week. Sunday, June first, two thousand and three. I performed at the Boston Comedy Club and had the best set I ever performed. It was unbelievable feeling walking off the stage. Destroyed it. Uh, no details. What a shitty entry. That's what I wrote. Um, let's see another one here. Uh... I was, okay, I wrote, Tuesday, August 12, 2003, Club Decade on 61st and 1st in Manhattan, right by my apartment, 300 plus people were there, it was a Comedy Central edition, great set, but crowd wanted to see people fail if they were not funny, however, I was funny. Um, All right. This is, you know what, this actually says that when I met some certain comedians, when I became friends with them, oh, this has the first night I met Burr, I don't know, should I do that now, or should I do it, or should I do it next, right, ready, I'll do this one first, Uh, Wednesday, September 24, 2003, my brother drove me 14 hours to Chicago for a three minute audition for the Las Vegas Comedy Festival, I feel like I nailed the audition and the judges made me feel like they would pick me. Sure enough, I was selected and flown to Las Vegas. I was very happy. Um, Let's see here. Wednesday, August eighteenth, two 2004. New York Comedy Club. This was the first place I did comedy in 2000 when I would do bringer shows. I produced a show showcasing myself and show and show of my comic friends, I wasn't even writing good. Um, It was a complete success, however the best part was that so many of my friends and family were there and and saw me have such a great set. My mom, aunt, uncle, and even my girlfriend's mother came to the show. It's my wife now. It felt great to show everyone how I have grown as a comic I let loose and had a ball on stage. The only thing that was not good was that it was mentally exhausting. Wow, that was... uh... right. let me find a good one here. Oh, this is great and then I'll do the Burr one next time. But um, this is a cool one. This is one where I did a guest spot in Myrtle Beach which this place would ultimately become the first place that I would ever feature. Okay, so what I did was I was on vacation in Myrtle Beach in September of 2004, and I got a guest spot at the Comedy Cabana. And that Comedy Cabana spot that I did let me call them and call them and call them, and then I was able to feature there. And then I started to feature there all the time before I had management, and I knew how to do 25 minutes on the road by myself. September 7th, 2004. I perform at the Comedy Cabana in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. This show and night is one that will always stick with me. The owner of the club told me to do 10-minute guest spot. He was a little concerned that all I would talk about was being from New York. He told me that the crowd was more into universal material. So it's not a problem because my material was uh, is very universal. John Fox, God rest his soul, by the way was headlining all week, and I got a chance to meet him. I remember when I first started seeing him on tape in the special called Comedy's Dirtiest Dozen. When I met him, he told me he would watch my set. This is a guy that Rodney Dangerfield put on HBO twice. He also lived with Sam Kinnison and Andrew Dice Clay. I went on stage and did a great job. The crowd was mixed, and my material was perfect. My girlfriend Stacy was sitting in the back listening to the owner laugh at my jokes. I walked off stage knowing I can travel anywhere and make crowds laugh. John Fox told the owner that I did a good job. He also took a picture with me and gave me a signed CD of him for free. The owner also told me I'm in and can perform there anytime I want. It was a great night. John Fox recently passed away, I think, to colon cancer, so God rest his soul, and, um, you know, hopefully I could use this opportunity to tell you guys, um, look him up and look his stuff up, because he was a really funny guy, and, uh, yeah, sorry that he was gone, he was one of those guys that I saw on tape, and I was like, man, you know, um, I remember when I first, first started comedy in, like, 99, I didn't realize, like, how, like, if you changed, like, I thought if you, like, changed a word, you could kind of say what another comic said. And, like, he said something like, yeah, you know, um, I broke up with my girl, but uh, it's okay. I just, you know, I hate to lose the stereo. And then I did something where I was like, yeah, I broke up with my girl, but I, you know fucking I, I hate to lose Xbox and I thought like it was just I had no fucking idea even how to do anything and I remember <laughs> making fun of myself after because I just I didn't know how to construct a joke this was when I just was watching it and didn't know how to get into it and he was one of the guys that I saw on Comedy's Dirtiest dozen Chris Rock was like 21 years old and all this shit and um, it was so cool because I was able to to go there and I remember thinking it was such a big deal and he was telling me like certain things with jokes what I should do and what I should say and it was so cool um but let me I'm I'm gonna do I'll do another one hope you guys are enjoying this I hope I'm not boring you but these are all things that I wrote you know let me skip ahead there's 2004 let's go to 2005 um let's see February 12 right, let's try this one February 12, 2005, I did a contest in Stanford, Connecticut with 10 other comics. It was a contest that the winner would open for the winner and finalist from last comic standing. I went truly thinking I was definitely a favorite to win. I went fourth in the lineup and had the first great set. After the fifth act, they had an intermission. During this time, I was worried because it was It was too close for comfort. When I watched the rest of the contest, the comic that went second to last did well and did more time than me, but I thought I still could pull it off. However, he won, and I was very hurt and disappointed. I felt that I should have done more time, and that gave me an excuse. I felt horrible because I should have won, but should have could have is not good enough anyway i'm just trying i'm sorry i'm just trying to read the way that i wrote this shit because it's like scribbled anyway i will use that feeling in the next contest if i lose there will be no excuses for the record i feel like if time wasn't the reason i was good enough to win wow that's actually a cool one i'm glad i read that one too that was february twelfth, two 2005 I remember that guy Jonesy won it. He came in and he fucking won. And still to this day, when I see him, I talk to him about it. Um, all right, how about we do one more, and then we do plugs, and then I'll read a couple of more of the a couple more of these. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna read a couple. More. I'm gonna keep going. I think you guys are enjoying this, so I'm going to just keep going, and maybe I won't do this, or maybe I'll talk about it next time to a couple. All right. Headline radio show. Okay, so uh, July 28th through 30th, 2005, I performed in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, I did great and had people leaving the show saying that I should have been the headliner. That made me feel real good. The headliner was good. But I did way more than just hold my own. The owner came out to watch my first show and make sure I was funny. As soon as I got off stage, he called me aside and asked if I wanted to do a radio show. However, that is the headliner spot and I never got the chance. Plus, it was early as hell and I was glad, even though it would have been a good exposure. This trip helped me grow and it was also great because my brother Christian was with me. It was a huge success, and they asked me if I would come back. People in Wisconsin are the nicest I've ever met. And I could... um, All right, here's a great one for you guys. I think that this is... um this is going to be, the um, these next two are pretty, are pretty cool and pretty meaningful in my career because this is when I started to meet guys like Robert Kelly and Bill Burr and I was, uh, you know, just starting to really do well as a feature and, and do all this. November 23rd, 2005, this is the first weekend that I featured for Tony Camacho. Tony Camacho was my first manager. Um, he works out at a Brad Garrett's Comedy Club in Vegas now as a GM and Tony saw a clip of me and took me on as my first manager in 2005 and the first test he ever gave me was Thanksgiving Eve at Rascals in front of like 400 people and this is this is the entry that I wrote I wrote uh, November 23rd 2005 this is the first weekend that I featured for Tony Camacho and it was at Rascals Comedy Club in Montclair, New Jersey it was Thanksgiving Eve and I was working one night with Robert Kelly and then Friday and Saturday with Bill Burr. So on this night I showed up with my girlfriend and was extremely nervous. I think it was because it was such a huge place and there was not a there was not a host I don't know what what I wrote here there was not a host meaning I would have Oh, okay. There was not a host meaning I had to go on stage cold and do 25 minutes with no one bringing me on stage. Robert Kelly was cool as hell and very funny. I got through my I got through my time and had a good set. It was not the best I have done, but I held my own when Robert Kelly got on stage after he told the crowd that I was funny and had good stuff, that was cool of him to do when I look back, starting off cold without a host probably made me stronger all right uh. Here's the night I met one of my best friends in the world. Ready? 2005. November 25th, 2005. It was Friday night and the Club Rascals was packed with over 285 people. I was opening for the very popular Bill Burr. Before the show, I was hanging out with the host with no sign of Bill. I guess he was downstairs just waiting in a private room. As I'm waiting for the host to bring me up on stage, I knew that this was the real deal and what comedy was all about. I also knew I had to kill. Finally, I get finally I get brought on stage, and that is extremely. I'm sorry, by the way, if my reading sounds like I'm a fucking tenth, I'm a fucking eight-year-old. It's because I'm trying to. I literally, you gotta look at this. It's. I just scribbled this shit. Okay. So anyway, let me go back. Sorry. I knew that this was the real deal and what comedy was all about. I also knew I had to kill. Finally, I get brought on stage and that is exactly what I did. I, and I fucking did. I'm not even kidding. I ripped that room apart. Every joke hit and I got so comfortable on stage. I was hoping the headliner, Bill Burr, was watching or listening. Anyway, after my set, I went downstairs and waited for the late show. However, while I was downstairs by the bar area, I could hear the laughing from, from the crowd upstairs. Finally, the show is over and the first crowd files out. As the second crowd is coming in, I see Bill talking to the booker. So I figured if I walk over, the booker will introduce me and I know I did well so I wouldn't feel dumb or anything. So I walk over and right as I get there, the booker turns ar- turns away from me because someone started talking to him. So now I just turned to the side and started to walk towards the stairs when all of a sudden I feel a tap on my arm and see that it was Bill Burr. He said, were you the other comic on the show? I said, yeah. Then he said, oh man, you ripped he told me he didn't see the whole thing, but he heard me killing. It was a it was a great feeling, and he also told me he will watch me at the late show. He joked and said, so don't suck. He was cool as hell, and I killed the rest of the weekend. Uh, I even feel like uh, I had... And then it was, okay, hold on... Yeah. Yeah, that was just... It was a huge accomplishment all around. Just a great weekend in my career. Who would have thought that that jackass would become my son's godfather and one of my best friends in the world because of that? So um, there you have it. that Those are some entries. And, um, you know, I, I it's just... And i it goes all the way... And then I stopped this like a dick. I stopped the last entry. Let's see. The last entry was a summary. The last entry was a summary of 2007. Um, I'll read the last entry of the journal to you guys, and then I'll be done. So I guess what I guess what I'm so yeah, and there's some stuff where, you know, I met Jim Florentine in here, and you know, doing some certain shitty gigs and rooms, um, but. I'll read the last entry and then i guess i guess this is going to be part of this episode i know i'm going long but whatever 2007 summary this year has really let me know that i'm on to something special i have been extremely tired and felt like i could not even perform and then i get on stage and continue to kill and do well i remember being in rhode island and feeling like i could not perform and then i do great Basically, I can go through things off stage, but when it comes to performing, I realize that my talent comes through and it's unreal. This year, I have performed with big names and in many different cities, and I am seeing that the competition is not as strong as me. Wow, sounds a little arrogant. Uh, Headliners are really having to work when following me. I also realize that I have big nights. Need to be. Uh, I also realized that bad nights need to be forgotten and put behind you. I learned a lot in 2007. This is the first real feelings of bad sets I have felt, and it made me grow. I only have a couple of bad. I only had a couple of bad nights, but I needed to. Um, I am better today because of it. After those shows, I come right back and start getting better and killing again. That was the last thing I said. I, that really kind of did come across arrogant, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of glad that that's where my head was at in 2007. I have not read that or known anything about that in a long time, so I guess it was cool to share that with you guys. Um, holy shit. That was pretty fucking awesome, no? Um, Wow. I guess that's a great way to end this. Uh, I guess I'll just end with some plugs. Thanks you got, thank you guys for listening. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to read that and know that I had just did the Montreal Comedy Festival. And, you know, you're still moving in the right direction. And it just goes to show that, like, it doesn't matter who knows you and who doesn't know you. If you get on stage and you do well and you keep writing and, you know, great things will happen. And it's uh, it's 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 humbling, but to read that stuff and the, that was that that last entry that I re- wrote uh, read you was the last one that I wrote in 2007. I didn't even have a date on it. I just summed summed up the the year that I had in 2007. So shit for five years. Um, Actually, yeah, five years now. I haven't I haven't entered anything in the journal, and I, I guess the Verzi Effect podcast has kind of been my journal for the past couple of years. So um, I guess I could share all that stuff with uh, with you guys. So um, anyway, we'll do some plugs right now, and then I will get you guys out of here. And again, I'm sorry for the unacceptable contest. I will get in get into some details and let you guys know about that. And, we'll, and, and, and if not, if it's not going to work, we just won't do it. I'll just give you guys funny ones and I'll just – how about this? Worst case, if we don't do the contest, I will read your guys' funny ones and talk about your guys' funny ones, even the ones that are older that, that you know people submitted already, okay? Uh, as far as plugs – A couple of cool ones. Well, uh, this week and next week, I will be local again. You you know, after that insane month of July that I had, I'm doing a bunch of local spots in New York City, and I'm trying to, um, you know, work on some new material, and those will be updated on the website. I'll be at the stand. I will be at Stand Up New York, and uh, I think some other things are being worked on right now. Um, Also, I will be opening for... Bobby Kelly at a college in Long Island. I'll have that information on my website tomorrow, but that is on uh, September 5th. I also got added August. I'm sorry, I should have done this one first. August 23rd, Friday night, I will be opening for Bill Burr at the MGM Grand at Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. So check that out. I will also be opening for the great Bill Burr. Um, I believe September 12th and September 13th. Again, the information will be on my website, but uh, the dates are El Paso, Texas and San Antonio, Texas. That is on the 12th and 13th of September. Okay. And um, I think on the fourteenth we're going to go see Texas A and M Alabama. That's going to be sick. So and then okay, so that's the twenty third of August is at the MGM. Then I will be with Robert Kelly on the fifth. Um, I will be doing my uh, my sets in New York City at the Stand and Stand Up New York. And I have some uh, headlining dates that are going to be coming up that I'll let you guys know about. As far as the, the album taping, I am postponing it while we work on the documentary. But all this information will be on latest news on my website. And the dates will be on the website. And you will be able to see that um, tomorrow. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed it. And, um, it was great to share that with you. I'm I'm glad that I, you know, I was going to do the whole journal, because I got to about 50 minutes and didn't do the journal, and I was like, you know what, let's just go with it. So, um, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, if you're mentally handicapped, I got nothing against you, just don't touch me. And, um, you know, I, I just think if you're eating and shit, you should be proper, I don't know, you know, they'll wipe your fucking mouth. And, um, that's it. So... I'm going to get my massage and I'll let you know how it goes with the oils and everything when a woman does it. This has been episode 122 with your host, Paul Verzi, the host of the show, the Verzi Effect podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Check out the website. You'll see the dates. Come and see me at a show and tell a friend about the podcast. And also get me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I friend me on Facebook, all that stuff, and tell a friend to listen, okay, tell a friend to listen to the podcast, and let's get this thing from 20,000 to 40,000, that's how we're gonna do it, I am out of here, you guys are the shit, and until episode 123, I will talk to you soon.